0: Hello and welcome to Atoms and Apples, your guide to the future of the internet. I'm your host, Professor Adla, and today, we are continuing our journey into the cosmos. This episode will be divided into
1: seven sections, and by the end of this episode, you will learn three things. Number one, you will learn what DYDX is. Number two you will learn why DYDX is building its own blockchain. And number three, you will learn the key risks DYDX faces in building its own blockchain. This is everything you need to know about DYDX in 30 minutes. Let's get started. In this episode, we will go on a deep dive of DYDX and explore its features, benefits, and unique characteristics. So what exactly is DYDX? Think of DYDX as a professional trading protocol. DYDX is a decentralized exchange, or DEX, built for advanced traders. From our episode on Osmosis, you will also remember and recognize Osmosis as a decentralized exchange, or DEX. But Osmosis and DYDX are two different protocols. Osmosis is a decentralized exchange, or DEX, that uses an automated market maker, or AMM, to enable trades within the Cosmos ecosystem. Like Osmosis, DYDX is also a decentralized exchange, or DEX. But unlike Osmosis, DYDX uses an order book and a matching machine to facilitate trading. The order book style exchange is more tried and tested than the AMM. For reference, the Nasdaq is traded entirely using the system. Another important difference between Osmosis and DYDX is that DYDX was built as a trading platform specifically for professional and advanced traders. DYDX enables spot trading, perpetual futures trading, and margin trading. In our next section, we'll go over the three types of trading. Let's start with the difference between spot trading trading with perpetuals or as it's commonly referred to as perps spot trading is simple let's use an example bitcoin is trading at 20k you choose to invest 1k after your investment you own 0.05 bitcoin or 1k worth of btc now let's say that in one week the price of bitcoin rises to 22k a 10% increase in its price. And you decide to sell all of your 0.05 Bitcoin. After the sale of your BTC, you have 0.05 times 22K, which is equal to $1,100. Therefore, you have made a profit of $1,100 minus your investment of $1,000, which is $100 of profit. This is a 10% gain on your 1K investment. That's it. Perpetual futures are different. Unlike spot trading, Perpetual trading involves the use of contracts rather than the direct purchase or sale of the asset itself. Purchasing a future gives you price exposure to the asset without owning the asset itself. In spot trading, you can only profit if the price of your invested asset goes up, but in futures, you can profit if the price goes up or down. If you believe the price will go up, you enter what's called a long position. If you believe the price will go down, you enter what's called a short position. Futures give you flexibility. In ancient TradFi times, futures have expiration dates, but with perpetual futures or perps, there is no date of expiring. While spot trading is simpler, perpetuals are potentially more profitable. And last but not least is margin trading. In margin trading, You are borrowing funds to make a larger investment than your original capital. You are using debt to buy more assets. For example, you are confident that the price of Bitcoin will rise. It is currently trading at spot 20k, but you believe it will reach 30k in 3 months. So you decide to enter a futures contract with a 1k deposit, and this time you decide to enter a 10x leverage position to open a margin trade for 10k. You have used 1k to finance a 10k position. This means you are borrowing 9k to invest a total of 10k. In one week, the price of Bitcoin rises to 22k, a 10 percent increase. You decide to exit your futures contract. The result is that your initial 10k position is now worth 11k. After repaying the 9k borrowed, you're left with 2k from your original 1k investment you've made a profit of $2,000 minus $1,000, which is equal to $1,000. This is a 100% gain on your investment. But what would happen if the price of BTC fell to 18k, a 10% decrease in its price? Remember, you have borrowed 9k to invest a total of 10k. After the 10% decline in Bitcoin's price, your 10k is now worth 9k. And since you still owe the platform, in this case, TYTX, 9K, you'd be forced to sell your assets. This is what's referred to as a margin call. The end result is that you have suffered a loss of $1,000. You have lost 100% of your initial 1K investment. That's the essence of margin trading. It's high risk and high reward. Let's recap. We've gone over three types of trading. Spot, perpetual, and margin. Spot trading is straightforward. You buy an asset like Bitcoin, hold it, and then sell it, profiting from any increase in price. Perpetual trading, or PERPS, introduces us to futures contracts. Instead of owning the asset, you buy or sell a contract that mirrors its price. You can make a profit whether the price of the asset rises or falls, and there's no expiration date to worry about. And last but not least, We have margin trading and the high-stakes world of leveraging. In margin trading, you're borrowing money to invest more than your initial capital. This can potentially multiply your profits, but the risks are equally amplified. If the price of the traded asset falls, you could be wiped out and lose your entire investment. Remember, each type of trading offers unique benefits and carries specific risks. Choose the one that best aligns with your investment strategy, risk tolerance, and market expectations. Now we will move on to the next section, where we will talk about perhaps the most significant shift in DYDX's journey so far. This is Section 3, DYDX and the Journey So Far. DYDX's mission is to build the world's leading crypto trading platform. As we go through its journey, you will soon see that that one sentence has served and continues to serve as DYDX's north star. In 2017, Antonio Giuliano created DYDX. Initially, DYDX operated on Ethereum's mainnet. It was a strategic decision. Ethereum's expanding ecosystem and robust smart contract functionality provided the ideal space for DYDX's inception and growth. However, as Ethereum grew, it grappled with network congestion and prohibitively high gas fees. In the summer of 2020, Ethereum gas fees saw a significant surge. At one point, executing a single trade would cost a customer over $100 in gas fees. This was a big problem. In response to this, DYDX made the shift to a Layer 2. A Layer 2 is a scaling solution built on top of the base blockchain which is commonly referred to as the Layer 1. In February 2021, DYDX announced that they would be partnering with Starkware for their Layer 2 scaling solution. The move was motivated by a clear need for scalability, lower costs, and a faster, more seamless user experience. Or said in another way, DYDX's decision was motivated by its North Star of building the world's leading crypto trading platform. And the team felt Starkware's technology enabled DYDX to do just that. Their decision was vindicated. DYDX dominated the perpetual trading market, at one point accounting for close to 90% of trading volume. Despite the success with Starkware, the DYDX team knew that they had to continue to innovate. The DeFi landscape was evolving, and staying ahead required a bigger leap. Historically, DYDX has always been a first mover. DYDX was created in 2017, a full three years before DeFi exploded. Back in 2021, DYDX was among the first to move from Mainnet to Layer 2. Now, it's moving again. In June 2022, DYDX announced its plans to leave Ethereum, replacing its Starkware-based platform in favor of its own Cosmos-based blockchain. DYDX Chain, as it's now called, is expected to launch at the end of 2023. DYDX Chain is the fourth iteration of the DYDX protocol. That's why you will see it commonly referred to as DYDX V4. V4 is driven by a clear mission and the potential to fulfill DYDX's goal of becoming the world's leading crypto platform. So why the move? In the words of Antonio himself, We believe it gives us the chance to develop the best possible product. And that's it. That's all we care about. And product means the best possible combination of UX, features, decentralization, and security. So how does DYDX in its current form measure up? According to Antonio, DYDX offers a user experience, or UX, on par with other centralized exchanges. And he's right, the protocol has a sleek and simple design. It works well, and it works fast. The features cross margin collateral, up to twenty five X leverage, advanced trade types, put DYDX close to, but not yet on the level of other centralized exchanges. For DYDX to be on par with other centralized exchanges, DYDX will need to provide its users with more and better features. And DYDX knows this. The security of DYDX is considered top notch, so no issues there. It's decentralization where DYDX in its current form falls short. DYDX's move to build its own blockchain, in the Cosmos stack, is motivated by a desire to fulfill DYDX's goal of full decentralization. And why is decentralization important? Three reasons. First, censorship resistance. By decentralizing its operations, DYDX reduces the risk of a single entity manipulating or interfering with trades and transactions conducted on the platform. This makes DYDX more resistant to censorship. Second, regulatory protection. Decentralization may help DYDX sidestep strict and uncertain regulatory frameworks, opening the door to previously closed markets like the US. And third, and perhaps most important, value accrual for token holders. Decentralization allows DYDX to pass its revenue streams directly to its token holders without legal complications. This substantially increases the protocol's value and sustainability over the long term. Despite the expected benefits, the move is certainly risky. Let's explore some of the main risks. Number one is implementation. The DYDX team has to build a lot. The base level blockchain, chain modules, in memory order book, an Oracle network, bridges, indexer, a website, a mobile app, and much more. As I said, the DYDX team has to build a lot. Because DYDX chain has been built as a standalone chain, it can no longer rely on Ethereum's established infrastructure. This means DYDX must build a lot of critical elements. Scratch. For example, DYDX will have to build its own indexer. An indexer is essential for collecting and organizing data stored on a blockchain. When DYDX first announced its move to v4 and the development of its own blockchain, the team set a goal of open sourcing the design by the end of 2022. More recently, the team has set a more realistic goal of shipping its version 4 by October 2023. Even with the extended timeline, building everything from scratch, auditing the code, and then deploying the finished version will be a challenge. But, I admire the ambition and boldness of DYDX. Number two is onboarding. Even though DYDX is launching its own blockchain, the team has decided to maintain version 3 of the protocol. This is significant, because it means the protocol will rely on users to bridge their assets and therefore liquidity, over to the new network. This presents challenges. Why? Because bridges are still notorious in the industry for their security challenges. Consider this. According to DeFi Lava, over $2.5 billion has been lost due to hacks involving bridging. Luckily, the Cosmos Network provides one of the most secure bridging infrastructures in the industry. The Cosmos Network has the IBC protocol, IBC allows different blockchains in the Cosmos ecosystem to communicate with each other and exchange data. IBC helps facilitate secure, fast, and cheap bridging between blockchains in the interchain. Also, DYDX relies mainly on USDC for trading, so users will not have to bridge other assets. Number 3 is the security trader. Common consensus will tell you that Ethereum is a more secure blockchain than Cosmos. So that begs the question, why would DYDX downgrade their security? In reality, the move is more of a security trade-off than a security downgrade. Let me explain why. While it's true that DYDX will lose all the security guarantees of Ethereum, the biggest, most valuable, and most mature Layer 1 blockchain, DYDX will also gain Crucial security feature Social Consensus. Ethereum hosts hundreds, if not thousands, of dApps. This means that no single dApp receives preferential treatment. No single dApp can claim priority status in the case of any security breaches. If there were a hack on Ethereum, forking it is no longer a viable option. At this point in its journey, forking Ethereum would create more problems than solutions. But because DYDX will be running its own blockchain, protecting the protocol becomes the top priority for validators and stakers. On the DYDX chain, validators could realistically roll back transactions or even fork the chain in response to a major hack or a security breach. Of course, such measures would have to be discussed and voted on by the community. But it's still important to understand that because DYDX is now a sovereign blockchain, It gains the crucial security feature of social consensus. Number four is Ethereum Community Challenges. The final and perhaps most important risk to consider is community loyalty. Ethereum isn't just a blockchain, it's a community. Migrating loyal Ethereum users or Ethereans to Cosmos will be challenging. In fact, dedicated Ethereum users. Might choose to simply stay on the current iteration of DYDX, keep transacting on an Ethereum layer 2, and never leave. If this were to occur, DYDX could face significant volume issues. This is why DYDX has made the decision to maintain its v3 protocol, at least initially, because doing so mitigates the risk of volume suffering as a result of the move to version 4. But for the long term, it remains to be seen how DYDX chain navigates this challenge. Is it better to force users to move to Cosmos by abandoning its version 3 and suffering a significant drop in volumes? How long can DYDX sustain having two operational versions without spreading its resources too thin? Achieving a balance between innovation and user retention will be key. Now we'll move on to section 5 of our episode today. This is Section 5, DYDX Tokenomics. Historically, the tokenomics of the DYDX token has not been great. The token has had low utility. The main advantage of holding the token was reduced trading fees. The token has also had a high inflation rate, averaging 66% per year over the last four years. However, the tokenomics of the DYDX token could change significantly now that DYDX will have its own chain. Here are the two biggest changes. Number one, in V three, because DYDX operated as a protocol on the Ethereum blockchain, DYDX needed to obey the rules of the Ethereum economy, specifically that transaction fees needed to be paid in ETH. However, in V four, because DYDX is operating its own chain, DYDX gets to make its own rules. One of those rules is allowing for gasless transactions with the DYDX token being used for validation. Number two, in V3, all revenue earned from trading fees went to DYDX, the company called DYDX Trading Incorporated. However, in V4, revenue earned from trading fees will be shared with validators. Furthermore, if the protocol allows indirect staking, meaning people like you and me can stake our DYDX token without needing to be validators for the platform, it is yet another clear incentive to hold the DYDX token. As you can see, both changes are designed to bring greater utility and accrue additional value to the DYDX token. With increased competition from the likes of GMX, Sei, and Kajira, having healthy and symbiotic tokenomics becomes even more important. And it appears that the evolution in the tokenomics of the DYDX token has played a significant part in DYDX's thinking to build its own blockchain. Now let's move on to section 6 of our episode. This is section 6 Governance on the DYDX Chain. Governance on the DYDX chain works much like governance on the rest of the Cosmos ecosystem. It is decentralized and led by the community. For DYDX, this will represent a significant change. Previously, during its time on Ethereum, DYDX was governed by a top-down system. This meant that DYDX the company called the shots. But now, with the move to its own chain, DYDX is opting for a bottom-up system of governance. It will be more decentralized and led by the community. Of course, DYDX the company will still have a significant say on the ins and outs of the protocol, that the community will now have a far louder and stronger voice. Here are some examples of decisions that the community will be able to vote on. Add or remove new markets. Adjust the parameters of the existing market. Edit the list of third-party sources that the exchange uses. Decide on a fee schedule. Decide on the trading rewards mechanics. And many more. This will be the first time in DYDX's short history the community will have such a strong voice. It's a huge change. And with any change, especially the big ones, challenges are inevitable. But I admire the boldness that the DYDX team is displaying. Now, if you choose to become a DYDX token holder, you're not just an investor or a user. You get to be a member of the community and you get to shape the future of DYDX. This is powerful. That brings us to the final section of our episode today. This is section 7, our conclusion. Let's wrap up this episode by summarizing our three most important takeaways. Number 1, what is DYDX? Think of DYDX as a professional trading protocol. DYDX is a decentralized exchange or DEX built for advanced traders. Number 2, why is DYDX building its own blockchain? In the words of Antonio himself, because we believe it gives us the chance to develop the best possible product. And that's it. That's all we care about. And product means the best possible combination of UX, features, decentralization, and security. Decentralization is where DYDX, in its current form, falls short. Therefore. DYDX's move to build its own blockchain with the Cosmos stack is motivated by a desire to fulfill DYDX's goal of full decentralization. And number three, what are the key risks DYDX faces in building its own blockchain? DYDX faces four main risks. The first is implementation risk. Can the team build all that it needs to from scratch? The second is onboarding risk. How secure will DYDX's bridging infrastructure be? The third is security risk. Will the trade off between the security guarantee of Ethereum for the attainment of social consensus be worth it? The fourth and final is community loyalty risk. How effective will V4 be retaining loyal Ethereum users? In conclusion, while the path that DYDX is carving is filled with innovation. Potential, DYDX will inevitably be tested with challenges. How DYDX navigates this period of uncertainty will be crucial in determining the future of the protocol. And that's a wrap. I hope that during these 30 minutes, you have learned a thing or two, or three, about DYDX, one of the most exciting projects on Cosmos. This episode on DYDX concludes our three-part series of the three most exciting projects
0: on Cosmos. On our next episode, we're going to do things a little differently. So join us next time, where we will continue to explore the future of the internet. At the start of the episode, we welcomed you to the future of the internet. You should know that this future is not for everyone. Some will be left behind. This future is only for those of you that are curious and committed to learn and explore. Also, none of this is financial or investment advice. Everything I've said is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Blockchain technologies and cryptocurrencies are risky investments. But we're going to the future. It's not for everyone. But I'm glad you're here. Thank you for listening, thank you for your time, and thank you for your commitment.